Confab is my weekly mastermind of studio owners. And in a recent session, my special guest was Brittany Grinham. Now, as an experienced brand and copywriter, Brittany has crafted manifestos and commercials for some of the biggest agencies on behalf of brands like Toyota, Apple, Netflix, Target. I mean, I could go on. My group and I asked her about her passion, brand therapy. Well, what is it? How can we practice it ourselves and with our clients? Fortunately, Brittany was not only more than happy to share her wisdom with us, but also publicly with you. Tell me a bit about what was the product or service that you started developing? I feel like it was a couple of years ago when you were taking brands through an exercise. I'm going to call it of like brand identity, messaging, whatever. Can you just tell us a little bit about what was the big problem out there that you started solving that has you know somewhat led to where you are today? Yeah, you know, I think I think it's the size of, of some of the production companies that you work with, it's not it's a, not a 200 person company. So some of these brands still are tied to the identity of the founder and really tied to the people in the house and so you know, I found that it was it's hard. I, I can imagine that it's hard to bring in somebody and say like, "Hey, write a bunch of copy for us," um, when it doesn't totally align with the identity of the of the company. Um, and so, I, I guess I felt like the service I was offering was listening mostly. Mm-hmm. You know, really uh, listening, and then kind of regurgitating back the the main personalities and differentiators that seem to come up in these dialogues i i find always 100% of the time and you're like this too Joel um the way people talk is awesome like the way people talk about everybody is used to talking about their company at a dinner party or to their mom or their kids and when they but when people go to write things down in microsoft word we get in like college term paper mode and it's like so scary um and it comes out so formal and awful and um so anyway i feel i do feel a little bit like a cheat yes i'm a good writer but uh, for the most part i was just kind of listening (laughs) and a lot of times the things people say are so rad that i would just write it down in in a bigger headline than what they're used to seeing (laughs) bold helvetica and then people are um blown away and they feel heard and they feel seen. Well, and you're you're making me laugh because I'm thinking of how many times you and I have done one of these projects and we just do a kickoff call with the owner or the the key right leaders of the company and we just have a conversation and they say all kinds of things mm-hmm. and you know I'm I'm probably texting you behind the scenes and saying, "Wow, did you hear the way they said that yeah. and did you catch that thing?" And then when they say, "Oh, and here's how far we've gotten." And they show us what they've written. We're like, "Are we talking to the same yeah, people like what? What's what's going on here? And it's this weird thing that we do. Was there a? Did you ever arrive at like what you would call like a formal method, right? Where you might say, "Hey, company, I'm going to take you through you know step A, B, C, D, E to get them through that process." Yeah, definitely. I think um, I do have a larger method that works often from the ground up, where we really dig into. 
who you want to be and what you're trying to build and and looking a lot further out. I think there's a tendency to want to uh, express where you are now. Um, yeah. And so part of that exercise is really like, well, where do you want to be in five years? Where do you want to be in 10? Let's build that brand. And then, you know, if you build it, people will come kind of deal and you'll <laughs> grow into it. So um, that's really part of that exercise. And I think the other part is, um, is person is personality is really understanding. Um, I think sometimes, well, I'm, I don't mean to be, I'm not trying to be super humble here, but I think sometimes people just need permission. You know, part mm-hmm. of a huge part of my process is just permission to, to dig into and lean into things that a lot of, especially your clients already are so creative and they already have these ideas and are sitting with them, but they don't, somebody hasn't come along and been like, we can just say it. Let's just say it like that on the, on the front of your website, on your Instagram bio. Can we just say that? You know, you might, you might enjoy this little tidbit. It was actually just last night um, that I'm working with. Well, I'm not going to say the name, but a shop that once, once the positioning goes live, everyone will be like, Oh, those guys. Um, they're, they're one of the members here in, in Confab, but they were showing me, here's all the work that we've been doing. And I went through all of it and I said, this is all good, but this is all just like, I could put any company name on this. Yeah. So it's all true. It's all accurate. It's all factual, but I could just swap your, this out with any, pick any cool studio and it works. And they were like, yeah, but we got everybody involved in this and the whole team and all this, that, and the other. And I said, it's okay. We've got all the good stuff out. Now let's find the great stuff. And as I pushed for like new words and we opened up the thesaurus and we started to really just go crazy, it was the, it would, like you said, it was, I want to give you permission to say things that are weird or wonderful or scary or risky that you normally would self judge and just be like, oh, well, that, that's yeah. not going to work. Oh, that, that's not going to be work. That's not going to be safe. I want to ask, I'm going to, preview into the larger conversation too because sure we can talk about how does every studio owner here in this group and in this conversation benefit from your method and apply some of these principles and so forth yay go Brittany. go go positioning go like go all in and and be awesome in that way part two of where i want to talk about is what about everybody here who works with clients brands maybe agencies i'm gonna i'm gonna hold that one back what about their opportunity to guide their clients and give their clients brand therapy? Mm. What, okay, what would be your encouragement to like back in my day, I was working with Dish Network and we were very much like what I would call the video or commercial agency. Yes. And they were coming to us all the time with a problem, not a storyboard, not a script. They were coming to us with not even a brief. We're like, we got a problem. We got to launch a new thing. And what do you got? Yes. And we had to become over the years, very adept at giving them brand therapy. Um, I'm not going to yammer on that about that because I wasn't nearly as good as you are, but I would love to dive into a bit of that totally as well as we go through it. So if anyone here is hearing that and saying, oh yeah, that's kind of interesting, whatever, raise your hand, say hi, give me a shout out or something because that's kind of an interesting part two of this conversation. So if yeah, if that's I mean, okay. I'll tell you all my secrets. People <laughs> just like to talk. 
like they love to talk and when it's this is why like when i was used to be on the dating apps i would just go and i just liked everyone that i went on a date with because i was like i had a great time that was so fun but it's just because i talk the whole time and i enjoy my own company um people love to talk and so making space for that especially since so many studios are shifting into the nut soup to nuts situation forget agencies that this is a different i think this is a different dialogue but clients um yeah. haven't really worked in this space before they just want to be heard and so making big spaces where you ask them a bunch of questions they get they get heard and then that gets regurgitated back to them the post-it note thing is an easy thing to do or you know even if you had a copywriter in the room in some of those kickoff calls even if you can name some of those kickoff calls to feel special whatever discovery whatever and then if, you know if you had a copywriter in the room whip that up and people eat it up. I think the other thing that I've really learned along the way is all of us as creatives have this like tendency to go in the basement and like hunker down and make this big, beautiful thing and then have this reveal moment. You know, we want to yes. have the big Don Draper, yeah. like pull, the, pull the curtain Don Draper moment. And yes. most clients are terrified of that moment because they're not actually capable of un no recognizing good work and that they like live in fear for that moment. And so the, you know, through my career, I've really learned to breadcrumb those creative decisions. So by the time we get to the final piece, it feels so obvious. It's like, of course, this is our film. Of course, we all were a part of this journey the whole time. And um, so even like making space for dialogue, and I don't mean feedback, really. I just mean like feelings, making space for feelings hmm. along the way. We breadcrumb that journey, you know. I, I'm, um, I love that you're bringing up this thing I call the big reveal, right? Which is like the old auto shows where they have the thing under the sheet and they go, you know, the new 1954 Mustang, here it is. And everyone goes, ooh, yes. ah, it's the greatest thing ever, right? And what's funny is your clients, I'm speaking to everyone here, there will be times, sure, where you, you can't resist doing that whole, I'm just going to get in my basement, hunker down, come up with that amazing idea. I've read their minds. I don't need to ask them a bunch of questions. That would make me look stupid. So I've read their minds. I'm hunkered down. I've created that amazing thing. I go in front of them. And when I rip off the sheet, everyone in the room does go, oh my God, that's amazing. That's so great. And you feel great in that moment. But then how many of you have experienced a week later, something's gone sideways because that person goes home and says, well, it seemed good in the moment, but now I'm not sure. And my wife says she doesn't like yellow and right? They're, they're not invested, all those kinds of things. So I'm, I'm, I'm just maybe adding some color and some... Oh my God. I am on the creative side. I write, write the script, go to the shoot, see every shot. And I will tell you, I've never seen a first cut without wanting to throw up a little bit. Like every time I ever see a first cut, it's the most disappointing thing. And I've worked with some incredibly talented talented editors it's just never especially because i'm a words person i'm not a visual person so 
I can put myself in the client's shoes in that moment. Like it just never looks like what I had pictured. And that doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means it's not what I pictured. And it feels it watching a first cut for me is a terrible sensation. And I'm sure that's how it feels for clients. Cause you know, they're not visual and they've spent time really trying to picture it. If it's rough for you seeing a first cut, think of what it's like for the client who is like way less familiar and comfortable with the creative process. They see the first cut and they probably think, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> right? Like, what have we done? <clears throat> if you wanted to go in the direction of, okay, we're going to be more agency. We're going to be working direct with brands more in the future. So rather than the agency coming to us and having solved that pr- part of the problem, we're going to go solve that problem. Brittany, can you think of like, where would you even start? You know, yeah. you, mentioned, you mentioned like, just, just ask a lot of questions. And I think that's obviously a great way to start, but what else would you encourage people with? Well, I think, uh, I, I think to Hung's point, like s- sometimes brands feel like they've already done this work. And so if you come in too hot, then they're going to go, well, we already paid 50 grand for this strategy positioning, blah, blah, blah. So I think uh, also proceed with caution. I think there's a space though, where you can treat each project like a space that requires a little bit of brand therapy. You know, you can take a singular project and you can go, what's your hope for this? You can go, how did you feel? We saw some work you did last year. How did you feel about that? Did that uh, did that feel like it had the tone that you wanted? Did it feel like it expressed the brand? You can really like make it project-based. And I think if I were starting off, I would start there before trying to bite off doing an entire narrative messaging strategy for a company if you've never done that before. But you can always make space for feelings. <laughs> you can always make space for feelings, even with a project. This was kind of my experience when I worked with Ditch was they had this big company brand. And when we would talk to them about that, they would freak out. They were like, don't even... In fact, we actually had a whole... All the creative services people, they were like, don't say the word brand. The CEO hates that word. He gets all triggered because agencies come in and they talk brand, 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 brand. He thinks thinks it's all bullshit. Then they would have product. So like... Their product would be like Dish Mover, which is, you know, every, you know, whenever you move, we help you establish service at your new place. But then we would do campaigns. So it's like, oh, this year for Dish Mover, we want to do this thing. And this was a this was easy to talk about branding. We would say, Did you like the last campaign? Did it feel good? Did it move the needle? Did it whatever? And then we could hopefully get into a conversation called, you know, the product brand. It's really working for these campaigns. Can we talk about that? And then we eventually got to a place where one day they said, do you guys have any thoughts on this? And we came back and said, what about a dish character? Like an animated satellite dish that jumps around and they were like, oh my God, that's the greatest thing in the world. But it's like, this gave us going from here to here to here. We kind of got permission. Totally. Any Any thoughts on that? No, my th- I'm I, I went back. I went to a different place in my brain. <laughs> I just thought about um, what I said about having a copywriter in the room. <laughs> I just thought of that while we were talking. But now I'm like, everyone should be doing this. I just I'm I'm just thinking about if you are writing a proposal for to your point, like a product 
or a campaign and you're just doing a proposal for that, um, you know, it's such a cheat, but I've written proposals that have brought people to tears and literally it's just because I reiterated what they said in the meeting in a, in a nice way. Um, so it just came to me like, everyone should have a copywriter in those initial meetings. You don't have to introduce them that way. They can just be like a note taker, but then I, you're, the work is halfway done when the, when some, some of the, the language is already built into that proposal, you know, and they go, yeah, yes. we do. Yes. We, that's what we want. You go, okay. We already half wrote it. Has, has anyone here read or uh, listened to the book um, from Voss, Chris Voss, is that his name? The guy that did the, all about negotiating. Does anyone know that book? Oh, I read that. Okay. Chris Voss. He talks about the, I read the book and the, the best part was just the like big chapter. He talks about mirroring, which is a fancy word for empathy. But what I was just thinking, Brittany, is it's kind of interesting to say anyone that's, if you're asking questions, you're obviously trying to get discovery and really understand how people feel and the words they're using and you're listening and all that, but then you're just going to regurgitate it and sometimes clean it up, simplify it, structure it. But if you mirror people properly or you're, they, they feel seen and heard, it's like they, the, the tears come. They're yeah. so moved because they feel so affirmed and acknowledged and seen and heard. And this is not trickery. I'm not trying to manipulate people when I say this, but I, I feel like we a lot of times miss out because when it comes time to put together the proposal or the pitch, we think, well, we have to create something new and fancy. It's like, no, just use the words they used. Yeah. Right. Again, back to the way people talk, the way people talk is awesome. And, and a lot of times people say really cool stuff. We just don't write it down. Right. Everyone here has done the, Oh, can you just send us a proposal? Well, can you show us what that might look like? And what are they, what are they doing? They're pitching. Right. And, they're pitching, and they're pitching for free because it's the whole, well, we don't know what we're buying unless you show it to us. Okay. So you know this, right? This is this chicken and egg thing that we get into. Yes. What's your, uh, sorry to interrupt, but like, what's your take on free pitching? Well, that it's rarely necessary. Okay. Right. Because I think when you're in the free pitch game, now I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to caveat that because agencies obviously can get away with that. So I'm going to take the whole... Sometimes they get paid. Yeah, I'm just going to take that off the table for the moment. I'm going to say when it comes to brands or entertainment, that free pitching isn't necessary if you're out ahead of things. Because if you're asking really good questions and you're talking to them before they've even gone to RFP mode, right? Maybe you're even saying, hey, we just did a diagnostic. Like we just watched your TV channel and we've noticed a bunch of things. We want to show you a report we created. Yeah. Like, what? Okay. Or we love your brand and we just did this analysis. We do it for all the, we're doing it for all the brands in your space or something. And they're like, what? We would love to hear about that. Right. That's yeah. the thing that you might do for free, but it's really trivial. It's just a conversation. And you've already starter. built it for everybody else. <laughs> yeah. It's a template that you have. You drop in a few things, you make a few notes, and then you go in and share that and they go, oh my God. What else do you know? And you say, well, we do this thing called a discovery phase or workshop or, you know, jam session um, thing. And it's 10 grand. And here's what we do. That is where you're now being paid to create a thing at the end of that, that you call it a, um, 
discovery document, you call it a game plan, you call it something other than what it is, which is you're getting paid to make a proposal. Right. I love that. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I would argue that even before you do any of that, an initial call. Well, you taught me this, that like you can give away a bunch of free ideas and nobody's capable of executing on them. They just leave thinking that you're smart. (laughs) I like took that and ran with it. Um, So I would even argue that like an initial call, you can ask a lot of questions and they can be maybe different questions. uh, But in that initial call, if they're doing more of the talking than you are um, in a safe, a really safe environment by safe, I mean, there's a structure to it. You go, Hey, I'm so glad to get on the phone with you. Here's how we like to do this meeting. Da, 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 da. There's feels really safe in structured thing. Um, and then you ask a ton of questions. Um, they're going to leave in love with you. Like you don't even have to, it's the lot. You don't even have to, pitch at that point like it's all about trust and all about relationships you're reminding me of a lesson that i learned and again this is just part of my journey so i get to i get to admit that i was really dumb about this a a while back that you know when you're on that call with a client and they so i'm going to say this to everybody here you know that moment when the client says so tell me how you guys work Oh, and tell me how you charge and and what is it you guys are best at? And you're talking and talking, you're explaining and you're sharing. I just want to encourage everyone, listen to what Brittany just said. Okay. If you're the one doing all the talking, you're losing. Yeah. You're losing. Okay. So what you did back there, Brittany, was what I call the reframe. I think I got this from Orrin Claff's book on pitch anything or something, which is you tell the client, we'll talk about that later. What I want to know first is, are you going to take my lead? Because I'm going to ask you three questions and then we're going to have a really great conversation. You're looking for that moment to be like, let me ask you for a few questions first. Yes. Did you like last year's campaign? Do you feel proud of your brand? Like whatever those questions are, because the principle is if the client is doing all the talking, you're winning. Totally. Because they're giving you all that ammo, right? They're giving you all that raw material you talked about, those words, those phrases, those feelings. You get to then hear all that, regurgitate it, mirror it, empathetically share it back to them. And they go, wow, I feel oh, so I love seen, that person. heard, and understood, right? And the copywriters secretly in the room, as mentioned. The other thing that I just said that I want to go back to is a safe space, a safe structure, you know, like it is a little unnerving, I think as a client to have an eye on the time and be like, but I've been talking this whole time. Like I think setting up that agenda up front, I'm just thinking about my own therapy (laughs) where with my therapist, I used to keep an eye on the time because movies had made me feel like it's such a big deal. If you go over time with therapy and they're, they're going to be like, our time is over. You rude little, like whatever. It was really stressing me out. And she finally was like, I'm so sorry. It's on me to tell you when the time is over. Like, like you, you can just talk. (laughs) So I think setting up a structure up front where you go, Hey, we're so excited to talk to you. This is how we like to do this. We normally, you know, at the end, we'll, we'll roll through some of our services. We're going to send you a lot of info, but what we really want to hear first is about you. And we've got some questions we want to ask if, if you're comfortable, 
You know what I mean? Like, here's the structure. Yes. So I think what Brittany's sharing here with us, I'm, 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 I'm going to mirror you right now, Brittany, is when it comes to engaging with clients that have problems where they need brand therapy, they need ideas, they need directions, they need vision, all these kinds of things. And we, as the agency, the creative studio, we want to be put in the best position to that they're, we're being viewed as the expert who's going to guide them through that. Yes. And we're going to charge them a whole lot of money because we're going to take every dollar they have in order to, to create the most awesome result. We're setting the stage for all of that so that when the time comes and we start to actually switch into, all right, let's actually uh, prescribe, let's actually start executing and so forth. We've got them following our lead. We have all the money we need to go do all that awesome work. And we've got them basically saying, what next? Now what? Yeah. Well, what's the next step in the process? As opposed to this, you know, uh, you're, they're just, you know, we're order takers and we're following their orders. So I think that's really interesting. And, and um, it's cool just to hear it from your experience because you obviously, I'm sure in many times in your past, you were in that agency role where you were walking into big clients with big egos and big agendas but you as the agency had to be able to come in and sort of take control. Yeah. You know, I think, I think there was a time when, um, you know, I forget who said it, but there was a time when like good creative was the medicine and we're just trying to figure out how to shove it in the mouths of our clients. And you know, when I, when I worked at Crispin that, back in the day, like that was the whole mentality. It's like, we are here to rescue these idiot clients and shove this medicine in their mouths and we know the best creative for them um and i've really shifted in my time as a creative and i think that um a lot of the guys i work with they're living and breathing this they are i just respect them more than i used to and they you know like okay maybe they don't know the coolest design but like they know stuff and they're living and breathing this a lot more than i than i am and I don't really know why I started talking about that, except like, I think just being a little more respectful, something you said made me think about like, not just trying to shove it, not trying to, we're not trying to trick them into great work anymore. I, I just don't think so. I think we're right. really trying to reflect what they're hungry for. That's what I'm saying. We're trying to like reflect what they're hungry for, but make it, you know, we can make it cool in our own way. But like, I just don't, I'm not, I'm not in that game anymore to like trick them into because first of all, there's a fight the whole time. Like there's going to be, there's a lot of suffering in like, here's what you don't know about your brand. And I'm going to come in and show you, you know? Yeah. Know yeah. Stuff. No, I think, I think what, what I he hear you saying was um, in a way, don't mishear what I said just a moment ago. And that is, we're not trying to bully people or manipulate anyone um, because like the client, they they're bringing the chocolate. You're bringing the peanut butter, and together we're yes. going to go make the most delicious peanut butter cup, right? So, of course, I respect what they bring to the table. That's awesome. That's amazing. But if they could get there without me, I wouldn't be here, right? I, I can guess. I can take them somewhere that they can't otherwise go. So that's why I'm here, and the combination of the two of us is going to be yes. delicious. <laughs> I guess that's where the listening comes in and the space for listening. Like, yes, we're talking about like making space so people can talk and then 
fall in love with you. But also like the deep listening, I think can make better creative because they, I think oftentimes clients really, if you can, if you can sink your teeth into it, you know, like they know what they're looking for. And um, I don't know, maybe no one else is in that game, but there was a long time where I was schooled in like, doesn't matter what they're looking for. They, we know better what they need, you know? Of course. Yeah, of course. Speaking of brand therapy that I think everyone can sit with is like, what do you find people don't understand about you? Like what it really eats you up that outsiders don't seem to get, even when you do a proposal, even when you um, are at a dinner party, what do you find? Where do you find that you're not seen? And that can be your culture. It can be your, the people, it can be your personality. Um, Chances are that thing that it's like eating you alive that nobody really seems to get what, and it might be, it might just be a service. Um, There's a chance that is your differentiator, you know? And, and so really sitting with people just don't seem to understand this one thing about us Um, sitting with that and then seeing like how you can elevate that, or even just like plain speak, say it, you know, like we're really nice. put put it on the front of your website like the nice guys which is rare in production um we don't have egos whatever like it's really sit with what that is i think is a good place to start um i think another place to look this is a like a really rambly answer but another thing that comes up a lot especially with um smaller shops and in my experience all startups um, is what I call legitimacy complex. I think we talked about this last time, Joel. Um, It's a really natural inclination when you're smaller, when you're younger, to want to look and feel like everybody else because you're just like, cool, I look, look at me. I look like a production company. We look legit. Um, And that is the quickest way to just become noise for your clients. So I think sitting with what are we doing that everybody else in the industry does just to feel legit? What is that thing? Um, and usually stripping that away can be really powerful. Um, yeah, that's th- those are my top three answers right now is l- look at your legitimacy complex. Think about where, where people don't understand you and see how you can build a bigger brand outside of the, leaning on the portfolio. I'm just for, for grins here, Brittany. I, maybe I shared this with you before. Everyone here, I think, knows this. I made this meme. Actually, let me just, let me share my screen because it's even more fun when you see it visually. This is like the default boilerplate for any studio out there, yes. right? It's, you know, we are a full-service you know, creative company, passionate, award-winning... And all of this language, like you said, is some sort of an attempt to be like, well, if everybody else sounds like this, this is apparently what you're supposed to sound like if you're legitimate. And a lot of times that's just where we start and we never get very far from it other than, well, we'll just change the name at the beginning. <laughs> totally. And I know you and I disagree a little bit on this, but I have found in, in, like, in my work with agencies and in my branding company... I really like to see the services right away because so many studios have gotten so mushy with we are storytellers, blah, blah, blah. And it turns out that they're like 
just do editing or it turns out that actually you're you know what I mean? You're sound engineers, but somehow it reads like you film things and not to be an idiot, but it's very, it's very helpful for me very quickly on the front page to understand like, what exactly do you do and don't do? And then we can dig into, cause I can't even look at work. I have a hard time looking at portfolio when I don't even know what role you played in that film um and that that nebulous little blurb sorry i got a little triggered there when you showed me that joel like that nebulous (laughs) nebulous little blurb makes i'm like what am i even looking at here did you do the sound effects did you do the color what did you do here well i'm just gonna i'm gonna offer this framework because this is probably like my go-to that i use over and over again the first thing that i call like you know that anthem or rallying cry um it's like i'm gonna hook somebody make them go, huh? Then I'm going to like inspire them with some sort of a big idea that makes them go, well, this sounds kind of interesting and kind of cool. And then there's the, just net it out for me. Yes. Is this a studio or is this a freelancer, right? Is this yes. an editor or is this a sound designer? Like at some point, but that might be over the course of several pages. That might not be all on one page. That, that might be like, hey, I'm on a homepage and then I click and then I'm on the about page. That's where I get the explain. Brittany, thanks again. Where are you? Uh, what are you up to next? Where are you going from here? Literally or figuratively. What am I doing? <clears throat> I don't know. I just got childcare <laughs> and I, the world is my oyster. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Who knows? All right. Well, thanks again this for being so here. Fun. Thank you guys. I love working with Joel. I love meeting uh, um, all of his clients. I, it's such a great cheat for me because I don't have to research good production companies anymore. I just like look at Joel's roster and I, call you guys so um so thank you for that you're very kind if, if we can support you in any way let, let me know Brittany, because we'll uh, i'm happy to share your digits or yeah you or, know i would just say people. again this is super experimental what i'm doing now um and and where i'm going if this is something that you feel like you're hungry to start offering to your clients but you feel nervous and you're like we need somebody who's good at just talking <laughs> in the room with the clients and asking the questions. Um, this is something that is very easy and fun for me. So um, you definitely feel free to keep me in mind as sort of like an on-call brand therapist. Um, and I can just hand you all those juicy insights and you can run with them. So that's, I think that's what, how I'm available. Brand, thera- brand therapist slash change management even, right? Yes. That is something that I'm learning a lot right now about is um, it's really helping companies be comfortable with um, really big changes. So available All right, well, if anyone wants to get in touch with Brittany, you know where to find me. <laughs> we'll connect you guys. I want to tell you about a place to connect that you might not know about. It's our online community called Rev Community. It's a great place to get to know other creative business owners like yourself, to share some thought leadership and read other encouragement, to be challenged in this new marketplace, new technology, ideas, economic trends, and it's a place to research. Check out many of the resources we have online, our videos, and of course, this podcast. Join us today at revthink.com slash community. If you're a creative studio owner, feel free to join us today at revthink.com slash community. I look forward to seeing you there.